Federal prosecutors have subpoenaed several big banks as part of criminal investigations into possible manipulation of the $14 trillion U.S. Treasuries market. UBS, BNP Paribas, and the Royal Bank of Scotland got subpoenas last month, according to people familiar with the matter. The Justice Department has been examining the U.S. Treasury's market for about two years, and in 2015, several lawsuits were filed against the 22 primary dealers who serve as the backbone of Treasury trading, alleging that traders at these banks have colluded to rig bond auctions since about 2007. Our guests are Bloomberg News reporter Tom Schoenberg and Robert Hockett, a professor at Cornell Law School. Bob, perhaps you can start with a brief explanation about what are called when-issued securities and the auction process. Sure. So uh, when-issued securities are, you can sort of think of them as a kind of futures contract uh, for U.S. Treasuries. The idea here is that the Treasury, uh, typically what happens is Congress authorizes uh, and then the Treasury announces an intention uh, to issue an additional issuance of Treasury securities. But before they actually issue them, they announce that they intend to do so. And sometimes uh, not as much gets issued uh, as is initially planned. So uh, what happens, uh, the market essentially adjusts to that particular institutional fact uh, by offering essentially a kind of forward or futures contract with respect to those treasuries, whereby somebody who wishes to buy treasuries before they've officially been issued, but after knowing or hearing that they're going to be issued, uh, can contract effectively to buy, uh, basically for a right to purchase the securities from a dealer bank once they, in fact, are issued. Uh, and the advantage of this particular institution, that of the when-issued market, it is uh, basically twofold. Um, the first is it gives people, it gives the Treasury Department itself as well as others a kind of heads up as to how much demand there might be uh, for the issuance that is being con- contemplated. And secondly, and relatedly, then it provides a certain degree of stability to that market because um, people have a, uh, a bit more certainty, uh, in effect, as to what prices of those securities are likely to be once they are issued. Because of course, the when issued market serves as a, as a kind of gauge of anticipated demand. Tom, you're the one who wrote the story yesterday about these subpoenas. Tell us what we know about what uh, federal investigators are looking at. Sure. Uh, well, you know, first came out a couple years ago that they were uh, starting to look into this market, and that came kind of shortly after uh, the Justice Department had settled with a number of banks in uh, a collusion case regarding uh the currency markets, where they were also looking at trading desks there. Uh, the subpoenas now uh, kind of show that this uh, investigation uh, is, is, is beginning to ramp up uh, with the department uh, likely sort of settling on a specific sort of legal theory uh, that they want to dig further into. Bob, now correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it seems that in order to decide that there was trader-to-trader communication, at least in one of the lawsuits filed, they looked back at auction data between 2010 and 2014 and then decided the chance of what was happening was lower than 1%. Explain what they did. Yeah, so uh, so this is the, the idea. It's basically um, the 
trading, uh, I'm sorry, the, the, the dealer bank uh, that enters into these particular contracts with people who would like to buy the treasuries once they're actually issued, of course, charge a price for them, right? There's a, there's a, there's a cost involved. Um, and in a sense, um, you've got, in effect, then the, the pricing that occurs in the when-issued market, uh, is a, in, it's not intended this way, but it, it functions as a kind of bet, uh, in a way, on what the actual treasury security prices will be once they're actually issued. Now, ordinarily, what that means, then, if it's a truly efficient market and if there's no sort of collusion going on, then about half the time, uh, the dealer bank that is selling the when-issued rights ought to end up sort of losing on the difference between the price of the when-issued security on the one hand and then the actual treasury security on the other hand. And then about half the time, the dealer bank should win uh, on, the, on that particular spread. In other words, about half the time, the when-issued securities should sell to those who want to buy the treasuries themselves at a lower price than the treasuries themselves ultimately end up selling for, and about half the time they should sell at a higher price. Now, what this pension fund in Cleveland and others have alleged is that, in fact, much more than half the time, the treasuries actually sell for less than the the when-issued futures-type contracts on them, which basically means the dealer banks are basically are recouping a significant profit much often, much more often than they're making uh, a loss. And that suggests at least a sort of prima facie case for some kind of collusions being afoot. Tom, uh, just about 30 seconds, but we can pick it up uh, later. Is it clear that, that investigators are looking at collusion among banks, or is it possible that they're just talking about defrauding company, uh, customers within a bank? Right. At this point, it's still uh, a bit unclear uh, which – you know, if they're pursuing uh, a fraud theory uh, or or an antitrust theory, one would sort of each, you know, if it's an antitrust theory, they're looking at collusion, uh, fraud, they're looking at some type of front running. We're talking about federal prosecutors, cuters subpoenaing several banks as part of criminal investigations into possible manipulation of the $14 trillion U.S. Treasury market. There have been several lawsuits filed against the 22 primary dealers who serve as the backbone of Treasury trading. And the analysis in those suits is similar to recent investigations into whether banks coordinated to manipulate interbank interest rates and align foreign exchange trades, which resulted in billions of dollars and penalties. Our guests are Bloomberg News reporter Tom Schoenberg and Robert Hockett, a professor at Cornell Law School. Bob, if this investigation goes forward and we have more fines and perhaps some admissions by the banks, what kind of impact does this have on the confidence in the Treasury market? Yeah, I think uh, uh, clearly a, a, a negative one, uh, and that that makes this case I think particularly important. Um, I think there are a couple things that especially worth are especially worth sort of noting here. I think um, first um, the two cases that you mentioned before, right, the interbank lending uh, case, the uh, uh, foreign exchange rate case, uh, also precious metals and commodities cases as well. All three of those have two factors I think in common with the current case that make them all four you know quite important. Uh, the first is that they all involve what I've written about elsewhere uh, and called uh, CIPIs, or systemically important prices and indices. That's to say, these are all essentially rates or prices that serve as benchmarks in many other financial decisions that people make. So they have a kind of a far-ranging systemic significance. The second thing that they have in common is that they all essentially involve very opaque over-the-counter markets without a lot of participants, which means that manipulation is much easier to do than you would see in the case of a, of a public exchange. 
Um, so the fact that this this same kind of problem has been recurring over the or has been sort of being noted over the last several years in, in a multiplicity of, of these cases is itself, I think, important and significant because it's really asked to shake, to shake confidence in all markets that have those particular attributes. But the second thing gets more directly to your question, and that is, you know, the Treasury's de- the Treasury's department. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, market is arguably the most important of them all. Right? It's by far the world's largest debt market, as you noted. Treasuries are used as a sort of a benchmark or as a kind of a risk-free asset in many pricing uh, models that are used to price other sorts of securities. It's the ultimate and so-called safe asset that all the markets tend to rely upon. And, of course, it keeps U.S. borrowing costs very cheap as well when everybody wants treasuries. So anything that shakes confidence in the integrity of, this, of, this, of the treasuries market is especially important and especially apt, I think, to concern the Justice Department and, and the government more broadly. Tom, I want to ask you how those other investigations that Bob was talking about, things like foreign exchange and currency manipulation, how that might affect this investigation. And some of the same companies, some of them are under, if I recall, cooperation agreements with the Justice Department. What's the connection uh, between those? Sure. You have... uh you have a number of banks that are, you know, currently under, uh, you know, probation terms with the uh, with the government. UBS uh, being one of those banks, which was also one of the banks subpoenaed. Uh, you have uh, other banks that are under, you know, deferred prosecution agreements uh, with the government that require, uh, you know, these all certain requirements. Commit no sort of additional crimes. Uh, cooperate with any uh, government investigations related. Uh, to that kind of conduct or, you know, even sort of additional conduct. And so it's very, you know, uh, it always comes into play with these banks when they kind of pick up investigation after investigation and then also really uh, kind of, you know, moves to the Justice Department in terms of how they want to deal with that when they start running into cases where you potentially have uh, a repeat offender. Um, You know, we saw uh, in 2015 UBS having to plead guilty to LIBOR uh, manipulation after initially, uh, you know, getting an agreement where they weren't going to be prosecuted for it because of later conduct found in the currency manipulation case. Uh, you know, the Justice Department obviously understands it that, you know, if the banks are, are kind of installing good compliance and, and starting to try and, you know, take care of some of these desks where there may have been historical sort of, you know, uh, misconduct, uh, they'll take that into some type of account. But if they are feeling that the banks are not uh, assisting or abiding by those agreements, they can come in and sort of pull an earlier agreement. Next thing you know, the bank is not just uh, having to uh, pay fines or or enter into some type of uh, you know uh, plea, guilty plea with the government for uh, you know one conduct. They're now having to do it for earlier stuff they thought they were you know out of. Bob, speaking of the Justice Department, has anything changed in this area with the Trump? administration? Uh, not so far, right? I mean, there's a lot of speculation, of course, as to, um, you know, how things might change when it comes to finance regulation more broadly uh, and sort of pending prosecutions or investigations more, more narrowly. Um, you know, some people think, uh, given certain things that uh, Mr. Trump has, has said and certain things that uh, Mr. Mnuchin has said uh, out of Treasury, that, um, you know, maybe this is going to be, you know, not your mother's and father's Republican administration where finance is concerned, that they might actually be a little bit 
tougher uh, on on finance uh, than or on the financial markets uh, or financial uh, crime perpetrators than have other Republican administrations. On the other hand, of course, you get lots of people noting the opposite, that, that you know, there are various uh, sounds uh, emanating out of the administration and certainly out of Republicans in Congress that make it sound as though, well, you know, we're going to sort of be easing up on, on, on Wall Street um, in comparison, say, to the Obama administration. Uh, um, and, and again, I think it's still kind of up in the air what precisely might happen. It could kind of go either way. But certainly the fact that uh, justice is pursuing this particular matter now. I'm going to have to stop you there. I'm going to have to stop you there, Bob. That's Robert Hockett, professor at Cornell Law School and Bloomberg News reporter Tom Schoenberg. Thank you both.